0: This is the Video Jumpyard Podcast. I here, here. A place that appeals to your deepest and darkest fantasies. It's alive! It's alive! It's alive! The dead whose haunted souls hunt the living. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. and
1: I'm all out of bubblegum. Well, hello. this nightmare world emerges a fearsome half man, half ape with the strength of 20 demons
2: and welcome back to another exciting episode of the video junk air podcast i'm joe peterson with me as always my very good friends and co-hosts Eric branson and ryan steiskel how's it going tonight
1: it's going good it's all right can't complain too much actually i can but i won't at the moment <laughs> yeah that that's what i was going to say too like <laughs> i can't complain but tonight
3: i got self control yeah. yeah
1: so
2: we just uh finished mother's day weekend so Happy belated Mother's Day to all the moms out there. Whenever you l- hear this, it'll probably be months after Mother's Day. It'll we'll it be month. in
3: Father's yeah, Day territory. <laughs> will be in Father's Day. We're we are at this Miracin. point.
1: We might be in like Halloween territory. I'm not yeah. sure. So like, let's you know, just, just, just
3: cut it. Let's just like Happy Father's Day to you as well. Let's, yeah. Just, just you know
2: what though, it, it it gives you another dose. of Happy holiday. holiday. That's yeah. right. Um, <laughs> so this is not
3: a Mother's Day movie. So. No, it's not. <laughs> no, this is probably more of a Father's really. Day movie. Um,
2: yeah. So, you guys do nice stuff for the mothers in your life?
3: No, I hung out with in-law mothers. Uh, no. Uh, that's a mother. Ma'am. No, they are a,
1: mo- a mother... Fu- a <laughs> nah, Um, But, yeah, no, he uh, went out and uh, did, the, did Mother's Day and visited... Um, my family on saturday um and then did stuff around here with my wife on sunday so it was good nice
2: good mother's day yeah it was crappy weather so we just kind of hung around and yep watched evil dead rise because that's a perfect mother's
3: day fucking mother's day it is it
1: is a mother's day movie i think yeah i saw that last weekend as well Uh, by myself literally by myself i was the only one in the movie theater but uh i find if i go to those like 11 o'clock weekday movies like they're often private screenings i kind of like it so
3: yeah that's That's how we did guardians too actually we did it really early in the morning we only had like i'm thinking about
1: doing that one this week i have like the kids still want to go see it and and i will probably end up taking them but uh i'm thinking i'll go go preview it yeah yeah
3: preview it i mean it's more so just emotionally kind of heavy like, any yeah, you see, and like, That's what I've heard. And like, and, yeah.
1: I think I'm okay with that for the most part. I'm okay part with show. I'm my okay kids with the animals. <laughs> <laughs> getting, yeah, no, you know. but emotionally heavy stuff. Like, I feel like, yeah. I don't know. Like, I'm fine with talking to them about that stuff. Like, it's, yeah. it's more like, I, I don't know. I, my, my main things, which is funny, you know, obviously if you've listened to the podcast more than a couple times, you know, have gotten a taste... A sense of my taste in movies so it's kind of funny that I'm going to say this but my, my main things I don't like want you know, that are issues for me now are like you know graphic violence and uh, I don't even really care about like sexual content necessarily if it was graphic I, I mean that would just be weird but you know and, Especially, and yeah, to too many questions theater. I don't really want to answer <laughs> yet but yeah, yeah so but yeah that's yeah. kind of where we so.
2: try to draw the line is that over the top but with a 13-year-old and an 8-year-old. But, but My daughter's going to yeah. watch whatever she wants at this point. Right, I, I she's can, at yeah. that point. And she's got Netflix, and yeah, she's going to watch what she wants. I walked into a room the other day, she was watching Wolf of Wall Street. I'm like, okay, so any questions? Nope, all right, we're good. And <laughs> not really sure what to do after that. But my son you know? being 8, he he's at that age where he wants to watch scary
1: stuff, and then regrets it yep afterward when he's trying We're, to go to sleep yeah and my kids are six and and my son is braver than my daughter but then they end up being backwards when it comes to like the nightmares stuff like she'll she doesn't you know she might be scared at the time but she i don't hear a peep from her about it later but he's the one up at night like oh i'm scared <laughs> so it's like uh, he's the one that wants to watch all the monster movies and stuff so we're just trying to like slowly manage. I was—I mean, I was telling you guys before we started recording that we watched Kong. I showed him Kong Skull Island because he wanted to watch the like legendary monster movies. Been really into the idea of Godzilla, and he's seen kind of my Godzilla stuff and movies, and um, so I started him on that one, and and we're gonna kind of ease into the rest of them, see how it goes, but. Uh, yeah, I don't know. They, they they both loved that movie, so I I don't think that was an issue. I, I'm trying yeah, to pinpoint, Shish-ka-bop, man. That's great. I'm trying yeah. to pinpoint where my
2: son is like with movies because he he didn't quite get through Evil Dead Two, but he loves mm-hmm. Freddy vs Jason. Mozart.
3: Oh, okay. Oh, oh. okay. Yeah. And and the Alien
2: <laughs> movies and the Predator movies.
3: Okay, that's mm. an interesting. Huh. I think I'm I just re- compared him to like, myself. All... That's
1: all. All of the alien movies versus like um He's seen Aliens
2: and the Alien versus Predator movies. Oh, okay, um, yeah, okay. I think that's what he yeah, likes the most of those, really. those. They're and they're kinda cartoonish anyway. Um, yeah, that they're meant yeah. for but that. he knows about all of the different classes of, of xenomorph and all of that from YouTube. So Top yeah, course. yeah. I mean, that's totally where
1: uh, my son got into it too. Like, was the YouTube videos mm-hmm. started watching these monster pairing videos, and now he wants to watch all the monster movies. And yeah, I'm like, well, I'll see. We we can watch some of them, maybe. I'm trying to talk about like watching like old '60s Godzilla movies, and I'm not sure they're so into that. But
3: mm. <laughs> I mean, you can <laughs> like, try for I know the like can... uh,
1: '80s, the... '80s ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, tonight's
2: movie might be a good one.
1: <laughs> well, Paul Hogan <laughs> is a monster, but. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. No, no.
2: Really, no segue other than like 80s movies. Yeah, we, we watched yeah, 80s movies yeah. this week. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, tonight we're going to be talking about the 1986 action comedy film Crocodile Dundee.
0: He was raised in the land down under, where a man thinks on his feet speaks with his fists, and lives by his wits. Two beers, all right? One for me. One for me, mate. (laughs) A legendary figure about to encounter a world more treacherous than any he has ever known. Deep from Australia. How are you? I'm fine.
3: How are you? Just going down for a couple of days. Probably see you around. Bye.
0: This your first trip to New York? First trip anywhere. Well, we might just have to give you one for free. <laughs> yeah. One what? So how are you finding New York? A bit of balloon a lunatic or something. That's why I love it because I fit right in. Good Hello. Sorry. Good oh. night. <laughs> My back! Stop it! Stop it! <laughs> are you coming home, huh? Well, if you can manage, Walt, I'd like to stay a while.
1: Wouldn't have anything to do with a certain lady writer, would it?
0: Paramount Pictures presents Your pal, Senor Me. Paul Hogan. Um, hey, my man, what's happening? Uh, Where? As Crocodile Dundee.
3: You got a light, buddy?
0: Yeah, sure.
3: Yeah. And your wallet. has got a knife. <laughs> That's not a knife?
0: That's a knife. Crocodile Dundee.
2: I promise to go through this episode without doing a terrible Australian accent the entire time. Um, Make no promises. That's what we're here for. <laughs> yeah, today. I was gonna say, yeah. I um, will do my best. <laughs> like, so this one was direct. my
1: best Australian accent. <laughs> <laughs> no. Good Side note:
3: I day. will. I, before we go further, Eric, we put photos behind us uh, when we do <laughs> these video chats when we record. Eric has Dundee right behind him, and his hat. He's covered up the face but the hat is perfectly on Eric's head but it's smaller. It's like a little boy's hat, a cowboy hat on Eric's head and every time I see it it brings me joy. So it I'm looks looking like it forward. just popped up like you were surprised yeah. or something. It's like it's like Andy from Toy Story like much older at this point in his life but he still has the hat. <laughs> so um, Crocodile Dundee was directed was by uh,
2: Peter Feynman uh it's let's see the story by paul hogan who also stars along with lindu linda kozlowski mark bloom david Gulpil, i'm mispronouncing some of these names i'm sure michael lombard Golden. and john malian um so, none of
3: their careers win anywhere so you know except
2: paul me. hogan and he plays yeah, uh, hogan, yeah. mick dundee who's this Kind of weathered, rustic, outback Australian who becomes the focus of reporter Sue Charleston, played by um, Kozlowski. And so she goes to Australia to meet him and learn about the legend of McDundie. And I think it's important just right out the gate to mention that 1986, there was this huge interest in American pop culture with
1: all things Australia. Come yeah.
3: Land down under.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and what's a Vegemite uh, sandwich? Where to the point where the import of of, of Australian culture via cinema got uh, got to be known as a as, as movies. Yeah. To, you know. Oh, um, interesting. There's a big a big uh, drive-in rush of Australian kind of be Australian films. I think that got big here for this is kind of the one that that made it made it big. Like, <laughs> yeah. This is really one of those movies in in all of its uh, um. There's a really great documentary called "Not Quite Hollywood" about the whole exploitation mm-hmm. um, era, but uh, and, and the details are eluding me. But this essentially "Crocodile Dundee" is a uh, is kind of a cookie cutter of like two or three other films that happened prior to it, yeah, but, but just kind of didn't done in a, a big way. And I'm not. It's that it's not one hundred percent derivative. It's got its own charms, but it surely is kind of selling that same idea of uh, exploiting the quote unquote Aussie culture to you know, <laughs> yeah, that's the stereotype goers, that so. they
3: can pretty much survive the like the weirdest things that nature have to offer you, but still like <laughs> be like small town niceties and shit. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Well, with the charming first half of this movie, so. yeah,
2: and, and there's. I mean, you think about the Mad Max movies that you know; those came out of Australia, um, mm-hmm. and those were real popular. And so, there's this whole—you're right—this big film industry push. And I read somewhere about how um, it was also a tax issue; like it was it was cheap to make films in Australia. You know, mm-hmm. another film that I would love to get on the show at some point is Howling Three, which is oh gosh, yeah, a great exploitation film. Um, but even mad dog morgan which we covered on here too that was a little earlier than this yeah. but still that beginning of that fascination
1: with with australian culture outback, the image I'm sure of an actor, uh, david uh gopili or gopili <laughs> however you say his last name was uh played billy in mad dog morgan as well and he's got a really yeah. great small role in this movie uh as um uh nev neville mm-hmm. in this uh, yeah I wish so. they would have done more, more with his character because he was great in the little bit that he shows up in this. Well, scene. and he
2: shows up again in part two because this does have two sequels yeah. Yeah. and then a kind of third sequel-ish. Another Paul Hogan movie. But um, So, yeah, I guess to kind of walk through it a little bit. Uh, well, first, before we do that,
1: what's what's your experiences with uh, this one? Have you seen this one before? Eric? um my experiences with this mainly are i don't remember it was like tbs tnt like kind of cable movie uh you know evening movie kind of things like this used to be on all the time this and its sequel i think i remember renting its sequel from the video store uh this one i feel like i always like i always saw only on television like commercial Mm, interruptions and all um but it's definitely something i saw multiple times to the point where um they blend this and its sequel blend together a little bit for me but after seeing this and joe and i kind of talked about this beforehand but came to the realization that i think i've seen the sequel more than i've seen this original film uh-huh. but definitely uh, but yeah def- definitely did recognize this but yeah one i saw a lot growing up um but haven't seen in many years so and i think we'll get to a little more of that <laughs> but
3: yeah for me it's like it's like one of those things where it's always like culturally aware and through osmosis whatever it is that you need to know but the reality is it's like i don't know i had i had no memory prior to this of ever watching this film or any of the other films but i'm like i have had to have at some point but it's just like it's nothing that's stuck so technically this is a first for me but same with what eric was saying like yeah there's always like something on like cable that was for a while like on but never held my interest enough yeah sci-fi boy i'm always looking for the sci-fi i I, a fucking like leathery australian when they're romance comedy so i would have been like five when this came out
2: so i was from five to ten like when a lot of these australian things were were, you know outback steakhouse ads were now on tv and shit like that so fosters
3: australian fosters the the fosters
2: commercials yeah um (laughs) Yeah, you know, big of ass can of beer that can stuff. Beer just, like,
3: crush your baby's head
2: you know yeah. those that, that <laughs> exactly. ad campaign So there, I was kind of growing up in early years with this kind of America that was obsessed with Australia so I remember this being a huge movie but I didn't see it all the way through I don't know if I've ever, never, ever seen it all the way through I'm sure maybe once um, but same as you guys just caught bits and pieces on TV just aware of the you know the knife scene and all that um yeah that one but but saw the sequel a lot more um which would be fun to get on here too because i kind of want to watch that one again because i remember watching that one a lot as a kid so Mm
0: -hmm.
2: yeah this i could almost treat this as a first time viewing because i don't remember anything specific about the first time i ever saw it but um but yeah to to kind of work through the plot a little bit uh i mean essentially the movie's tarzan but we yeah. can go through
1: it. <laughs> it's, it's the same it's story. It's a
2: fish-out-of-water <laughs> yeah. story. Like, uh, yeah. yeah. So, uh, uh, Kozlowski, who plays Sue, uh, is a writer for a newspaper called Newsday. And she's involved with Richard, who's the uh, the editor. And he's he's kind of mm-hmm. smarmy uh, right off yeah. the bat. But the movie jumps in real quick with her, like, on the phone with him going, Oh, I'm going to Australia. To look for this, this famous Bushman, you know, who you know, there was a rumor that he he lost half a leg from a bite from a crocodile and then crawled, was it hundreds of miles to get to a hospital or something like that? Um, and yeah. so she wanted to go. They're going to do this expose on this legend in Austria. So right away, the plot really
1: seems weird. <laughs>
3: it's like that's Finn. just a thing you're going to go do. Okay. Yeah
1: like that's story of the year right the the guy who got attacked by a croc and got away but yeah
3: i think it's interesting when you compare it to like how we deal with like media stories like that nowadays because it's like internet and shit it's just mm-hmm. like okay this would be like a 30 second tiktok and you move on
2: yeah viral video like, well that's yeah, not no one's going anywhere
3: <laughs> yeah that's it it would be yeah someone like
2: yeah.
1: i don't know the, the tiktok of the week or whatever the fuck they call it Um, yeah yeah. this this story has a budget right they're paying her to travel there they're paying uh wally who's like crocodile dundee's manager in a way like they're paying him a bunch of money to to have access and all this stuff it's like yeah.
2: yeah she she gets to northern territory um a little town called walkabout creek and meets wally right he's kind of the the Agent or whatever, and they're they're you can tell so they're really trying to just cash in on a big tourism thing, you know. And yeah. I think you you start mm-hmm. picking up right away that Wally's kind of full of shit.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, but, he's a very likable like old Australian guy, but yeah, he's you, you pick up on them, he's full of shit like right away essentially. Yeah. So mm-hmm. and so he takes her he's to a pub. feeding into all of the like mythology, you know, urban myth, not urban, I guess, but like local mythology building around dundee so yeah.
2: yeah and then so he takes her to this little pub and she's meeting the other locals and they're let's see what are their names again um donk
1: gus duffy donk donk I there's like a character donk. named nugget i don't even remember nugget but that's uh, is he one yeah. of the locals too i don't know what yeah so all these big dirty
2: Australian guys you know roughing around and wrestling and shit in the bar and then crocodile Dundee comes and Mick Dundee walks in wrestling a stuffed alligator and it's like it's it's a weird intro for his character.
1: It is. It's really forced. But. and i'm not sure for what reason like unless he's caught wind off camera that uh you know there's a reporter there to inter- interview him or whatever like why he's putting on this show and he's just coming in to like drink with his buddies at the local pub kind of thing yeah uh it's it's a weird entrance um it's because it seems like he's putting on a tourist bit but there aren't any tourists to see it <laughs> yeah and, and that's something that
2: does seem to to tempered down in the in the first act like you're right it starts out really much like he's almost in on this and maybe he is but Mm -hmm. they never really explain that all the way but then he takes her around and kind of shows her what shit you can do in the outback you know they go yeah he takes her (laughs) takes her out into the
1: bush to show her like where where you know it all happened where the croc bit him and comes to find out he didn't lose his leg not even at all he just really got like a a flesh wound essentially and was able to Mm -hmm. you know patch himself up and walk home um and that not only that but he's also been you know he's a master bushman and um so
3: raised yeah she gets
1: she gets a couple of days out in the australian bush living living on the land with with Dundee.
2: Yeah, and it kind of introduces this little, you know, uh, the, the other kind of little side characters, you know, like all the other people that he knows from out there. He knows all the tribes because he was raised by the Aborigine tribes, like you said. Yeah. You know.
3: Um, Teddy's fun. Which one was Teddy? Teddy, the, was he not the tracker? Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that dude was great. And he had yeah. just such the, the shortest fucking thing. Um, but the, here's the thing that they, they they call this an action comedy. Uh, I th- this is this is a comedy. This is a romance comedy. It is.
1: Yeah. There yeah. there's no act. There is more action in romancing the stone, which is also a romance comedy. But that has yeah. more of an action adventure. Yeah. So- this doesn't really have that. Like there's not no. like a jewel, you know, a heist or any kind of a anything going on. So you, I do you, think you have the like action comedy scenes. thing is not true. No. This is a this is a comedy.
3: It's a romance.
1: Yeah. Like, when too, yeah. you, like, how Romantic the movie fucking comedy. ends, like, yeah. cements
3: that fact. Yeah. <laughs> like,
1: like, um, okay. And, and it would, and it's, it's, it's better that it's identified that way because not only does it put your expectations in the right place but that's where it's kind of its strongest like those are its yeah. strongest moments i think or yeah agree some of the endearing yeah. things that happen between the characters and, and i actually think the first half of the film sticking sue out in the outback is much more fun than yeah. when we when we turn the tables and put you know Dundee in, in Manhattan, but and he is. I mean, he, I
3: don't know. I did get some chuckles out of it. Funny enough. Yeah, yeah. they were also some problematic.
2: He's events. charming in, in yeah. the outback stuff, in the bush stuff. He's he's pretty charming. You know, they're standing around camp one night, and he's talking, and he's just like you know, moving his hands, and all of a sudden he has got this fucking snake in his hands, <laughs> <laughs> and then yeah. of course he kills it. And, you know, they but they. Uh, you know, there's the scene when he's got all the little fruits and stuff cut up there for, her. and yeah, you know, like, all like the that you know, and He's shit. talking about like, yeah, these are you know, this, do they taste good? No, they taste like shit. <laughs> you know? yeah. But you can live if off you're of selling this, you like you know the the
1: the aborigines that live in the outback. They 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 live off of these and they really like these. He never talks to like he never says in his own words, yeah. like you know what his opinion of it is. So well, I yeah. as I was watching this,
2: I was kind of reading about. Paul Hogan, because I realized I didn't really know much about the guy, and I read about some of his, like, how he got into entertainment, the entertainment industry, and Mm -hmm. it was some contest, which the equivalent of today would be, like, you know, America's Got Talent or something like that, but it was in Australia way back then, and he noticed that the judges were just mean to everybody, and so he signed up, and he I think he was like a construction worker or something like that, but he he agreed to go in and and do a bit where he was going to, I think, throw knives. And he walks out on the stage with his knives, and he spends his entire time just berating the judges and making fun of them, and at the end, he just threw the knives on the floor. (laughs) He's like, that's my thing. And they loved it, and he actually, that's kind of how his comedy started. So when I read about that, I'm like, I can pick up a lot of that, in his mannerisms, in this, especially in the bush scenes, with that kind of mm-hmm. mm, quick wit, you know, um, all of those kind yeah. of jokes kind of feel like in the same vein.
1: Yeah, and it's a lot of the jokes don't land. There's a lot of stuff that's dated, and I'm sure we're gonna talk more about that. Yeah. But but generally, Paul Hogan's very charming throughout this whole movie. Like he's yeah, good much. in this movie. Like yeah. I. I I think we all like the character of Crocodile mm-hmm. oh, yeah. D. I mean I think that's like um, It's just yeah, there's there's problems with, with with the story and then obviously with some of the humor, <laughs> it just doesn't yeah. age well. So but.
3: Well it's one of those situations and it's constant, like in definitely in the eighties and nineties. Uh, the strong overly strong masculinity, masculine yeah. type. Um, mm-hmm. and but the nice thing about it he is a gentleman he's charming but there's some edges that are a little interesting but i yeah, think what he, i and he makes
1: some flat out you know and it, it, they they are set up as foils like i think sue sue access is kind of foil in a way but, yeah uh, he makes some so, so flat out sexist remarks like mm-hmm. uh yes it,
3: uh especially like yeah out, out like yeah out in the bush with her and stuff but
1: um yeah he, saying that she's just a sheila and she can't uh,
3: she can't do certain things yeah. yeah uh and you know being a voyeur at one point uh but there's this thing too where he has to live up to his legend it seems mm-hmm. um and i think where mm-hmm. the one joke for me that like showed that the most uh is when he's just shaven normally with a normal fucking razor and he sees <laughs> yeah, that she's coming and he switch quickly switches to his big fucking knife um and right away that kind of like tells me a lot about the character <laughs> um mm-hmm. i think in that moment where he's like he's he knows he has to keep selling the character i wish there could have been more mm-hmm. of that down the line but it was just for humor i guess yeah but yeah Wow. yeah and i think a lot of that
1: the, in the first part of the movie when they're out in the like he's he is acting acting up for you know the story yeah. for the reporter to impress and just to impress it's her part of general. the business
3: too like
1: yeah <laughs> yeah yeah and they, they, they yeah i guess we should never forget they do run a tourism company like and he's a guide like that's his mm-hmm. job so
3: yeah called uh, never never i believe right
1: yeah Something i think like so
3: yeah. yeah yeah
2: And know he does some stuff you know punches a guy out for saying you know calling him a poacher you know just little shit like that that it's this mm. over the top kind of bravado thing but yeah mm. today if something like that happened you stop and go what the fuck why'd you punch him but you know it works in the 80s in movies um, yeah i mean I think and and set
3: they think it's set up a false that, they repeat for that people scene. nowadays yeah <laughs> um yeah. That's what it they repeat is. that
1: scene kind of in manhattan with uh with yeah um, richard the the boyfriend or the editor both um, the dickhead, and it it seems even a little more kind of like whoa, he just knocked his ass out. Okay, <laughs> like oh, he was yep. being a jerk, but that was uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. So she,
2: yeah, she gets him to come back to to New York, and they're gonna do a bigger feature story because he's admitted he's never not only never been on a plane, he's never been to a city. Mm-hmm. His entire life is, you know, growing up in and around Walkabout Creek yep and so she brings him to new york and that's when the film
1: just changes um into this it's about halfway through there's like two like distinct halves of the movie yeah yeah Yeah. both fish
3: out of water situations like yeah for so many fish out of so many waters (laughs) but
2: while splash is probably the movie we said that phrase the most about um i this one yeah this is done in a different way than than in Splash. You know, there's there's not as much of a naivety about all the technological marvels and stuff. It's just customs. You know, like he's it's, saying yeah. hi to everybody. The most unbelievable thing though about Crocodile Dundee is the idea that he could walk down the street dressed as he is in New York City and people would stop and stare. No they wouldn't. It's New York City. No. <laughs> yeah. That is right. not see, the weirdest see, shit. They would not- I've seen that in Chicago. I've seen that in fucking
1: Appleton. I mean, it's not right. that. Right. The, and it, on the grand scheme of things, out of all the crazy stuff you see, like, this guy's not really that weird. Like, the. Yeah.
3: it's He's just overly friendly, if anything. That's the weird part for probably New Yorkers. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's just how yep. friendly he, was he going is.
1: Saying good day to everybody. Uh oh, I did mm-hmm. the accent there for that's yeah. not to. <laughs> you get all these people to live in one place.
3: They must really like living around one another, or what? Something like that.
1: Yeah, yeah. I like that line. I thought that yeah. was funny. <laughs> oh man! But
2: uh, he has some encounters though with some people. I mean, we might as well get to it.
1: Um,
3: oh yeah, where yeah, this is
1: where we get most of our dated humor is it's yeah. his interactions with people in the city. So
2: it, it mm-hmm. is. I, I thought the stuff with the the pimp and the prostitutes was cute.
3: It was, it was, you know, yeah.
2: Because he's like trying to be a gentleman to these these prostitutes, and they're just thinking like he's just weird, and this is his kink. And then the pimp comes over; he doesn't understand the whole concept. You just think this guy's being a dick to these ladies, and beats the shit out of him. Yep. And then later runs into another one, and they say hi like they're old friends. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, and the, then the pimp character comes back. They try to jump him in the yep. later part of the movie too, and yeah. Yep, but, but there's there's he one and, particular he and Carl from Family Matters whips some ass and uh, yeah,
3: well when yeah, he first so. meets Carl too, ask him what tribe is he from. That was <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was a that was a, f-
1: a funny like I know it wasn't a mean hearted joke and it was actually kind of funny like I get where he's coming from but uh, yeah right away I was like yeah you wouldn't do that joke now <laughs> like there's no, no. way <laughs> like, yeah so... well, I mean,
3: it... but there's kind of an intentionality like we're you know, he's making the face like, um, that's a weird question to ask a black man. And then yeah. that's part of the joke yeah. and it carries on. But not all of them are like that. And I think we're about to talk about that one.
1: Right. Yeah.
2: That's Reginald Vell Johnson, by the way, uh, as Gus.
1: Yeah, I was trying that's, to remember yep. his name. Uh, yeah. But we'll just call him Carl. Yeah, <laughs> well, I just know him as Carl. <laughs> <laughs>
3: I was trying not to say it.
1: Well,
2: and even, even when they're in the Outback... He refers to the Aborigines as like, you know, the blackfellas. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know enough about Aboriginal culture or the relationships of Aborigine tribes with people in Australia to comment on whether that's okay or not. It's just today, if you hear that, it, it's cringy.
0: <laughs>
2: yeah. But the scene, though, that really nowadays makes this one screech to a grinding halt... <laughs> is yeah. when he uh, and his cab driver go into a local bar and it's just like a neighborhood bar in New York. Yep. And, he keeps, he takes his cab
1: know. driver out for a drink yeah. because he has nothing better. Yeah, he has nothing to do and doesn't know anybody, so. And he's having a nice
2: conversation with a woman and they they start teasing him that Oh uh, you know, that's not a woman, that's actually a man. And when he looks at her again, he just reaches down and grabs her right between the legs. And of course she screams yeah, yep. and runs out, everybody laughs, and he goes, Oh, know, yeah, it really was. It was a guy. You know? And it it's yeah. it's
1: bad. Which somehow excuses the fact that he literally just grabs the person's genitalia.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, and it was the scream and the problem. run out
1: and everybody laughing like that. Ugh. Yeah. Well it, Honestly, I mean, and and I don't want to get, like... I don't want to necessarily be that person, but this is sexual assault we're laughing at at this point. Um, Yep. So, I don't know. It's It definitely... And I know it's a dated thing, and I don't think anybody who wrote it or performed it or anything, you know, was being, like... I mean, it's a transphobic joke, but I don't think they're out to, like... I don't know. It's, an, it's, for it. it's, it's a it's, shitty joke. It, it it is, was it's probably a, a shitty joke. Then
2: it's just yeah. It's another example that there were of, uh, and this was this went all the way, you know, into the '90s and the 2000s and stuff too, with mm-hmm. you know, um, and and beyond, with the butt of the joke being that a person is is trans, uh, yeah, and and to ridicule them is funny, you know,
1: and, punch, and so, yeah, to like yeah, essentially yeah. yeah out them in some way and then excuse the fact that you just assaulted them like that because that was okay because they're deceiving you Mm -hmm. was Mm -hmm. you know made that so that was yeah they deserved the treatment that they got in some way yeah i don't know and and to see that come from a character that's generally as endearing as as crocodile dundee is a bit disturbing (laughs) like and that that's just supposed to be a gag you know one of his his little things and and the most disturbing part about it actually isn't that first scene as as bad as that is it's the fact that they repeat the joke like yeah assuring you that it's okay that he's doing this you know yeah this action so yeah later on um yeah
2: she sue takes him to a like this big publisher's party or something like a cocktail party a cocktail party kind of swanky like yeah this important wealthy woman you know she's talking to her and she's very masculine in a lot of her features and her voice is very deep you know they're really playing into that you're not sure if you know uh male or female or whatever and then it goes up he's not sure and so grabs and he's like oh she is and but she's into it so it's okay like no yeah
3: (laughs) gotta go back Go down there more often, I believe the the line. Yeah, goes. it's like, oh, yeah. The excuse yeah. is sorry,
2: he's Australian. She goes, oh, I should go down there. Like, mm-hmm. eh yeah. it it really, like I said, it, it kind of. After that first one, I was like, okay, that's bad. Maybe that's going to be the one sore spot in the film. And then when they repeat the yeah. joke, it's like, ah, fuck. I kind of don't give a shit about the rest <sighs> of this now. And I don't yeah. want to let the the dating thing affect like my ability to review this, you know, based on its technical merits. It's a romantic comedy, as you brought up. You know, <laughs> it's not an action
1: movie. Um, it doesn't have much for technical merits necessarily. No. You know, it's a, it's a rom-com with, with some, yeah, it's with some crocodiles, fake <laughs> yeah. fake cro- crocodiles. <laughs> so
2: yeah. And after that, Really not much happens, I guess. Um, you know, she helps or she, Sue and, and Richard don't know what they want to do. And so Mick is heartbroken in a way. And he decides he's just going to go walk about throughout the United States.
1: And then there's well, the they big invite, subway her, her father owns the paper, right? Yeah. They invite Dundee to like a dinner in her honor or something. And Richard ends up proposing... And she kind of like hesitantly under on the spot in front of everybody accepts his proposal of marriage. So, of course, Dundee, you know, kind of uh-huh. gives up the chase and decides he's gonna go on a walkabout and explore America. And then they do the whole. And this is where it definitely, as Ryan was saying, solidifies its its stature as a rom com because they do the good old chase <laughs> chase him down. Only he's playing the part of the you know the one being chased yeah. down in this. In this situation, which leads in to sense. a charmingly funny scene in the subway oh, yeah. station. The subway, yeah, the, where nice they're yelling telephone. across the crowded, <laughs> crowded subway station. I got a kick out of that. So it, there are some funny scenes. Of course, you mentioned the knife scene, in which we didn't describe. Oh, but honestly, yeah. if you're alive on this Earth at this point, you probably know the knife scene from Crocodile Dundee. That
2: that is the uh, one scene that I I did I did laugh at. Like legitimately laugh. I guess it it is a. There's a reason that that's in the pop culture. It's a great scene. They're they're getting mugged by these three people, but one of them's got like a little pocket knife.
1: Yeah, like a switchblade. A a switchblade. Yeah.
2: And Sue's like, you know, Mick's kind of doing his I don't understand thing at first, and she's like, he's got a knife. It's the classic. That's that's a knife. No, this is a knife. And he pulls out this giant fucking Bowie (laughs) knife. (laughs) <laughs> which he carries with him all over the place um, mm-hmm. slashes at their clothes and they run away screaming but it's a great yeah. line it's a it's a cool scene but I'm sure it was probably in the trailers I haven't gone back and looked yet but I will obviously when I put this episode together um, Yeah, but yeah, yeah I wonder if it's uh, from the trailer because I could yeah, see I that can't... being a selling point of this movie
1: I can't see it now without uh hearing in my head, and I think I said this meme to you guys the other day, <laughs> but the Simpsons Australia episode, yeah. like uh, yeah, the Knifey Spoonie yeah. <laughs> like, like, I yeah. <laughs> so
2: you played <laughs> Knifey Spoonie before <laughs>
1: yeah, anyway um,
2: so, yeah and then she goes running after him and it, I don't, honestly after the, the second crotch grab I really didn't give a shit when they were just, like, running at him and he's it's, it's, playing stupid, like, well, what does she want? Well, why should I go back? Well, it's like, okay, I'm kind of done.
1: Yeah, this is a movie that, like, although it has a charming, like, lead character... I'd say lead characters. Like, I like both of the leads in this movie. Um, it, it has a premise that could go somewhere, and, and it does lead to some successful humor, but... In general, not a lot happens in this movie, and it just kind of, like, reverses the roles and repeats form in the second half. Yeah. And, you know, there's some chuckles here and there, but in general, not a lot happens in this movie, and you kind of see everything that does happen coming, you know, from the second these two characters meet one another. You kind of get, like, oh, okay, I see what this movie's doing. Yeah. And... You know, what you see is what you get in that case and I don't know, it's just not really uh like it it probably could have used an action subplot or something, you
3: know. I think the second the second one
1: does. The second one definitely does. Yeah, it
3: definitely does. I leaned into it
1: there. But like
2: that's I think that's why that's a better film. (laughs) And I haven't watched that one in years,
3: so sorry. Yeah. It's no it's okay. Uh, I was going to say, and that's kind of like with uh, all these fish out of waters, it's essentially the whole punchline is like, hey, let's take people out of an environment they're normally you know, used to and put in one that they're not and make fun of them for not being used to this environment. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Like, what do you want? Um, I think with the problem with, like, Dundee uh, character, like, we mentioned these controversies and shit. Tra- controversies lightly, but it is problematic behavior. Is that he's such a likable character. It's like... It's like you get that one small town friend... Who is like a genuinely nice person... Who does all these things. But there is some cultural inappropriate uh politically correct inappropriate things that they don't like that do that just makes you cringe and you try to explain it to them and they just don't understand like well i don't mean anything 15 by it.
1: people that fit that description mm-hmm. so yeah
3: it's like they use the <laughs> n word casually and it's just like why are you saying that word and it's like it's fine i don't mean anything hateful by it uh, by definition it's a hateful word <laughs> um well yeah. It,
2: yeah i think the reason that that repeating gag is you know yeah it's sexual assault and that's not just to i mean it boils down to that right but a lot of the other gags that they do throughout the whole dundee in new york thing is this i didn't know about that i don't i don't know that you culturally don't stop people and say hi to them on the street when you're in your car you know um, yeah you don't yell out the window you know you understand how tv works Are you telling me that in Walkabout Creek it's okay to just walk up and grab people by the crotch? Because you do
1: it twice so casually.
2: That one doesn't
1: feel like a thing he wouldn't know. That's the one, yeah. No matter where, if he's associated with other human beings ever in his entire life, he probably knows that this is not an okay thing to do.
3: Well, it's like if somebody walked up to him and like, "Mm, I don't know if you are a boy or a girl, and just grabs him by the crotch. Like, how would he feel about that? Oh, probably <laughs> headbutt
2: him or something you know and... exactly because
3: yeah. yeah. again the toxic masculinity trope uh it's just it is odd like yeah, yeah what, what if sue joke, in the first scene just
1: yeah, but still yeah. to size him up and see if he was really a tough guy just grabbed him by the crotch and you know
2: i i you guess know. you can headcanon this you? and and be like you know you didn't <laughs> see a lot of walkabout creek so um you don't know. Maybe that isn't a common practice there. Maybe there's a reason. There's a guy named Donk. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, you can. You know. Y- this. This is where. This is
1: your creative decision now. <laughs> yeah.
3: I will point out that maybe the, maybe the punch like, him in
1: the stomach game is just one of Donk's many games. <laughs> exactly. That he has people like. Yeah, so.
3: If I remember correctly, the the movie, uh, Priscilla, Queen of the Desert, like that, takes place in Australia. So I mean, yeah. that was a big movie. Um. The thing I think, I, I was kind of like, I, I don't know what it was, but, like, when I was watching that scene, I didn't know where it was going to go, but when they started setting up, like, oh, hey, this person's trans, um, I mean, Wikipedia calls them a cross-dressing prostitute, uh, so, I'm just going to say trans, out of safety, I suppose, uh, it's somewhere, yeah, somewhere
1: on the spectrum of definitely somebody, yeah,
3: yeah, one, I, they drop. Yeah they dropped the f-bomb mhm uh-huh. uh mm-hmm, which yeah. of course they did casually back then uh which was in itself a problem but um yeah. one second yeah unfortunately
1: this is not the only movie we've reviewed that has done that so yeah, yeah. um but.
3: it's it's i guess when like he's having this genuine like flirtation back and forth and he seems fine and my brain based on how dundee is and his characterization, like he's actually kind of like a gentle, nice person. Um, when told what he was told, I th- my brain filled in the gap as in like he actually was show that he's not bothered by it. Like whatever. Yeah, I she- was too. A Sheila is a Sheila. Um, I was thinking that kind of that's thing. That's what was I thought. Happen. Yeah. But it ended up going where it went. I'm like, yep, yeah, nope. This that that's what brought me back to like, yep, this was the '80s.
1: Yeah this thing yeah. wasn't gonna
3: be ahead of time that was gonna i be think the, joke. the
1: same character same character same actor same situation now i think you would have that exact yeah. same a
3: sheila is a sheila yeah, you, you,
1: just as you <laughs> described it because i think that is really in his character like i think he would yeah. be totally you know um just like you know whatever people do what they do and he would be accepting of that and um yeah i just think it's it's
2: it's it was you know what, it they could have done that the and 80s. then they could have had a, a the re-part, you know, the, the, the repeat of the joke when he meets that other woman except just have her throw in a line before he meets her about how she's sick and tired of these trans activists and these, you know men that want to be women blah blah blah, you know, make her a, a nasty character and then have him go up and say something along the lines of by the way I don't judge a Sheila's Sheila. (laughs) Just confuse the shit out of her. You know, you could do something there, and you know, I I think without those two scenes, this movie's not that bad. Like, you know, when it comes to I don't want to say PC, but when it comes to like, would it hold up today socially? Yeah, but those the way they repeat that one, it feels really out of place, and it kind of brings it down. Yeah, at least it did for the me. The sexist, yeah.
1: the sexist comments, and even the joke he makes with Carl in the limo about the tribe that he belongs to. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think all have a place in the story. It, it does come from his experience. It is something that you know he's learning, and I don't think any of it's mean spirited. I think I think he's learning from Sue. She's learning from him. The thing with Carl comes from his background in Australia with the Aborigines, and you know it's not coming from a place of hatred, right? With him. Um, but yeah, those, the, the, the trans jokes or transphobic jokes here are just kind of mean spirited and it seems really out of place, especially from this character who generally is the opposite of that throughout the rest of the movie. So it
3: seems in place for the time, but out of place for the character. Yeah. And unfortunately that's what dates the character. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And, Mm -hmm. and the film itself.
3: You know, yep because it it does the same thing for the first ace ventura as well yeah which, yeah yep is uh which
1: is why we're yep. gonna skip right to the second that's one. why we're exactly. skipping straight to the second uh, as a companion and, and to I this think, one and i think
3: we
2: should have actually skipped to the second one on this too yep same yeah it might have been
1: i wish i would have remembered that that was the case because now i kind of want to go and watch the other one because i'm pretty sure that's the one i saw more yeah.
3: I'm going to I'm thinking that like right now of like anyone who listens to this and go, "Wow, you guys spent so much time with what one simple joke." Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we did.
1: It's a I bad joke. I feel like in this case it was warranted. Like I in some cases I would be that person being like, "Yeah, but it was one joke, let's move on." But mm-hmm. I don't know. This one for some reason just seemed more it it tainted the rest of it a little more for me and
2: Well, it I I not to necessarily, you know, force it into into politics, but this was this is a Trump joke, right? This is the oh, kind yeah. of yeah. joke he was talking about that he was making, you know, that I'm pretty so-called... sure
3: Trump was watching this movie and go like that's a great idea. Crocodile, then <laughs>
2: can do it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm actually twice. scrolling
3: I'm actually scrolling down here on the Wikipedia article for the movie and they actually do talk about later reviews referring uh to uh this scene as well as like referring to the indigenous issue rights as fleas debating about who owns the dog um oh yeah yeah Mm -hmm. Uh, i like what some person put this is a review from 2021 from uh medium publishing uh or medium just medium so 35 years later, the film is nothing but an offensive embarrassment and wildly offensive on practically every front with an onslaught of racism, sexism, homophobia, and transphobia. Like, yeah, <laughs> I hate to say it, but yeah, no, it's... It, yeah, it is.
1: It is. I, it is. That, that might be a little bit of an extreme take it on is, it, but that stuff is all definitely here. It's extreme, <laughs> like, but it is yeah. technically right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but what else is there? I mean,
2: it's... They, they got a fu- couple of fake crocodiles that are not very good looking um, he does some funny shit in the desert or in the outback and then a couple of funny like oh I don't know, I, I don't understand the big scary city and it's a boilerplate love story at the end mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, the, it, when, when the most memorable thing is the, the knife scene and then the terrible shit that's not a good
3: sign <laughs> not for us. Uh, no, not for us. Uh, it's not yeah. a sign.
2: So. Well, yeah, should we uh, jump into some uh, final thoughts in a grade? Yeah, let's uh, in there. Let's start <laughs> with you, Ryan.
3: Okay. Um, I, I actually got a lot of little chuckles out of the little bits that they had here. If, out of all the fish-out-of-water movies that we've actually watched or I've seen in general in my life, I see why this has a charm to it. Um... But, fuck, yeah, some of the things that, like, I took, like, th- that were problematic, like, in my modern-day sense, uh, in ethics, uh, I can't ignore. <laughs> like, I can't deny, since, like, engaging and so long, talking about this. Um, it is, it is just, it's just a, rom- it's an 80s romantic comedy, trying, like, claiming that it's an action, um... But overall, I think actually the Dundee characters, minus the sexism, the homophobia, and the transphobia, (laughs) uh, and the mild racism, uh, is a great character. (laughs) Uh, Or at least it has the potential to be, but then it has like those rusty spots. Again, this is like, I hate to say it, but this is what makes a character a real character, like someone who does actually exist. Uh, it's not as fantastic at, like or in the imagination as one likes to seem It is unfortunately like that person you like but it has problematic traits. Um, don't know if it repeats in the sequels um, hopefully not. I mean the third one came out in 20 uh, sorry in uh, 2001 so hopefully it was slightly better but I don't yeah. know like I'm fine seeing it. I don't need to see it again. I know it's a cultural staple. Uh, I do want to try out two though, so I am open to that. Um, I don't know. It's hard to figure out how to how to how to judge this. Um, I'm gonna say C Like, it's it's per it's for the problematic things. It would have been like an easy B B B plus movie if it wasn't for the problematic things. And it, it's, it's unfortunately there's just too many small things and it's it, and it's not enough to say like well he doesn't know any better i'm like yeah mm-hmm. there has to be greater consequence nothing happens it just happens and you laugh and they move on there's no like hey you can't do that there's no lesson learned but whatever anyone has a problem with that i don't really care <laughs> that's <laughs> it's um that's how i feel
1: what do you think eric um yeah some echoes here as well i think it out of we've watched a lot of movies that have an aged well and this was among uh the worst of them and i think one of the reasons i feel like it's among the worst that yeah is because it's kind of disappointing that it has an aged well. because there are the things that were good about it or made it a popular film are pretty you know um likable like the likable characters just paul hogan's charming performance in this and uh, yes you know there's lots of really like good things about it it just is not a movie that plays well in in 2023 or ever will again hopefully (laughs) like it's it's got too many problems um it also i think in my opinion suffers a little bit from just not ever really arriving as a story itself it's too much based around dundee as a character but they don't really ever ever get him anything to do besides this fish out of water uh thing Uh, I feel like the entire first act is, is, exists so that they can then turn the tables and make the second act the kind of the same thing with him in New York and the love story. It, it, there are moments where it's very endearing, but I'm not sure it develops believably like throughout, um, the movie. And even though the ending is, yeah, this is totally a hundred percent an 80s rom-com. There's not, it's not an action movie, Mm -hmm. uh, yeah i think at the end of the day crocodile dundee is like a c movie and yeah. some of that is just because it just you know just didn't age well it's it's unfortunate because there's a lot of charming things about it and i yeah. think it deserves being a c movie it still deserves its, it's it's where it it's it's kind of cultural impact that it had i think it, it just yeah it's just yeah has its problems too
2: yeah i'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna agree with all of that um this came out in a time in the US when this particular culture or i don't even want to say culture cuz not everybody in australia looks like donk or you know McDundee. <laughs> yeah. um or
3: it looks like leather yeah, it, <laughs> yeah but it looks was more this, leather than there his was, crocodile there
2: shot. was this image of you know this rough and tumble outback and this all australians but they're super friendly and dashing and charming and stuff and you know, they were, they were kind of cashing in on that. And Paul Hogan wrote this, you know, so he, mm-hmm. he he is responsible ultimately for the story. And I can see why it was a hit because there were tons of movies like this and this was a successful formula at the time, you know. It, it's like nowadays, or at least within the last 10 years, if you, if you want to make a big, expensive, popular action film, have Michael Bay make a Transformers movie for you, you know. And it's <laughs> going to be the same yeah. formula for every film. And it's, it calculated and it worked. Obviously, it was popular enough for a couple of sequels and to launch this guy's career of pretty much playing the same character and everything. And I say that endearingly because I agree. I think Crocodile Lindy's a really cool character if you remove a few of those gags. Because <laughs> yeah. they really are kind of out of place for him. Um, yeah, and again, I didn't see the 2001 Crocodile Dundee 3, so I don't know if the character evolved. But I remember the second one being better. Now I'm gonna go back watch and probably find out there's a bunch of problems with that too. But um, <laughs> overall, there's <laughs> not most lo- definitely. Yeah, overall, there's not a lot really <laughs> happening here other than cashing in on the Australian stereotype. But there's a few good gags, and it's a neat character for the most part. So I'm I'm also gonna go with a C on it. Crocodile Dundee has not aged well. <laughs> Paul Hogan may have, but this movie has not. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, we would love to know what any of our listeners think of Crocodile Dundee. Uh, are you bothered by some of these uh, issues with some of the jokes in this one? Uh, what are your thoughts on any of the sequels? Which I mentioned there's like a third kind of sequel. Uh, it was like a, a Paul Hogan as himself kind of movie, but it's still tied in in a weird way with Crocodile Dundee somehow. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of a meta movie. But uh, what are your thoughts on any of those? We would love to hear any of your questions, comments, criticisms, or witticisms if you direct them to the Video Podcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on Twitter at VideoJunkPod or on our Instagram and Facebook pages. If you write it, we'll read
1: it, and we look forward to hearing from you. And we uh, hope you'll come back and join us for more reviews here on the Video Junkyard Podcast. Lots of great stuff coming up. Uh, as we mentioned earlier, we have Ace Ventura: When Nature Calls coming up next time. Uh, we're going to look at the movie The Relic, uh, Dog Eat Dog, uh, City of God, um, Dolls, and uh, many other great things coming up in the in the future. We have to actually we fill that schedule out a little more. to
3: so. show you. Oh, um, that's right.
1: <laughs> we want to
2: thank you once again for checking out the Video Junkyard podcast. And if you liked it, which of course you did, please feel free to share it around. And until next time, I'm Joe Peterson. I'm Eric Branson. And
3: I'm Ryan Seiskel saying...
0: That's not a knife.
1: That's a knife. You have been listening to the Video Junkyard podcast. and on Instagram as Video Junkyard Podcast, all one word. Want to thank you again for listening and keep digging. Who knows what treasures you'll find in the Video Junkyard.